Hey, welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Adam Jamie. Um, he's back. We, we had such a good time last time. We're going to do a little quick quick hit pod uh, tonight. Um, how you doing? Doing well. Great to be on. Thanks for thanks for coming back. Uh, you have your nice. podcast called Fantasy Baseball Disrupt. And uh, you've been uh, fucking hanging out in a lot of the draft rooms uh, this uh, this draft season. I like it. You've been drafting Indeed. a lot. Uh, I'm the same way. It's just, you can't stop. So it's so much fun. Yeah, I can't do as many as you. You said hundreds, right? Or over 100. But yeah, I'm doing what I can. Yeah, man. So first, let's start off with our our, our new segment. I call it Micah Notes. Um, so just notes. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a new segment that I'm going to uh, do at the beginning of the podcast called, again, uh, Mike, Micah Notes. Um, so first thing is Prelander Baroa. Um, uh, he was traded to the Chicago White Sox. He's a reliever, or he was a reliever, but also could be a starter on the Seattle Mariners. He got traded for um, Zach Deloche and um, Gregory Santos. So Santos is basically his value is toasted. Dang. <laughs> Did you have any it. Santos? Yeah, it just, you know, way, way, way late after I got my uh, my other night's relievers. But, yeah, I had like a Tyler Kinley and Justin, not Justin Lawrence. Yeah, maybe Justin Lawrence. You know, Greg Santos, all these like maybe kind of closers if nobody on bad teams that aren't contending, you know, Rockies and uh, White Sox. It's obviously not not heartbroken over it, but yeah. Yeah, you never know what could happen. Like he uh, he could kind of fall into some value later in the season, but doesn't look like you got him in this draft. So that's good. Um, what do you think about Baroa? Like a lot of people, he seems to be like the industry darling type guy, like, but. I don't know. He's electric, but he could be a starter, so that's good. Um, but also, like, I don't know if they want to make him the, the closer right away on a shitty team and then have him cost more money. But either way, it's good if you draft the Barroa. It's a win. That's I for think. the White Sox? Yeah. Yeah. He'll get a chance to pitch if – he hasn't pitched in the major leagues, right? He pitched, like, an inning an inning last year. Okay, but he didn't burn any, any uh, service time or anything like that. Depends what they want to do there, but, like – I, I don't know much about him, just that he's well-regarded. I read a lot about him uh, for my Dynasty League maybe, you know, six months ago. I don't even remember. But um, he, he may get a chance to pitch here, like in Nick Nestrini. And uh, one other, I, I drafted Nick Nestrini in, in one of these leagues, a few of them. But I, I don't know much about him, just that he's well-regarded. Right on. And then, um, so the White Sox also got, they made a second trade. They got Dominic Fletcher from the Diamondbacks. And then, they, like I said, Deloche from the Mariners, um, their outfield sucks. So Deloche, he had, he had 600 uh, plate appearances in AAA last year, and he did well enough. Uh, Fletcher, had he's a 300 career hitter in the majors, and he doesn't strike out much. So those are two players that um, could get playing time right away and become immediately interesting in the late rounds of DCs to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know Deloche, but definitely in a, a deep league. Dominic Fletcher has never really been interesting enough. I think it was just last year that he played, but he did some interesting things. You said he had a high average, right? Yep, high average, yeah. uh, good contact hitter. Big yeah, fab. He, he was fabbed for a lot of money. I think some people spent like triple digits on him last year when he was called up. He's uh, he's the brother of, uh, I'm losing the name, but he's he's got a brother, right? Is, I, I don't know. Is he the the the, the shortstop from the Angels? I thought he was. Maybe maybe he's not. Know. But he, he he's, he's similar like that. I don't think he has much power. But um, I really haven't looked uh, too deep into him. 
uh, either. He hasn't been interesting enough, you know, for me to delve into him. But yeah, I, I do like the White Sox situation for only one reason that, you know, guys like Brian Ramos, when they get called up, that they'll get playing time and, you know, Jake Berger is out of there. Um, and so, you know, this guy's Dominic Fletcher. I don't even know the other guy, but but it's a good place to, and it's a decent uh, hitter's book. It's a good place to get some playing time and, and possibly log some innings for some of those dudes. Right on. But that lineup um, is terrible. Oh, they're they're brutal. Uh, they're I think they're projected to be one of the worst teams in the league. Um, another thing that happened recently with the Brewers, they got uh, DL Hall and Ortiz for Corbin Burns. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time wasting time wasted on Corbin Burns because you don't draft pitchers until like round fifteen anyway. So who cares? Um, but um, I don't. But that's a huge boost. I, I like for a guy who's already that high, it's hard to get a huge boost. But that's a huge boost. Um, the park and the um, the uh, the Brewers were a good team last year, but 101 wins or whatever, and and their guys are getting into their prime. You know, they they're a young team and they won 100 games. Like he's going to get wins, and I think we're pretty sure he's going to going to be somewhere between 2022 and 2023. So you know. He's up there with Zach Wheeler for me, but again, yeah, you're right. I don't right. draft them. Um, DL Hall. So Matt Arnold, the GM, I think GM or president of baseball ops, I forget. I think he's GM. Brewers says, um, quote for him, frankly, I want to talk to him a little bit about it. We think he's going to have success in either role. Um, I'd like to spend a little bit more time talking to him. So that's um, in reference to being a starter or, or reliever. Um, do you have any um, insight love- or? I, I don't know anything about his pitch mix, you know, all that. I've, I, I read about all that stuff. I, I wanted to clarify that point last time. Like, I don't digest it myself, and I'm not smart enough to. But I read about all, people who do digest pitch mix and whiff rate and all these things. Um, but, yeah, he's got electric, electric stuff, and he can't throw strikes, apparently. Um, but I was big on him because of the team in the park. Obviously, his stuff team in the park and he said uh stated that it was his goal not that that really matters all that much but he wanted to be a starter this year and it kind of looked like he he could have competed for that fifth starter position with tyler wells or i don't know john means hasn't been healthy but um it's, it's a little bit of a hit i think i think if the gm wants to talk to dl hall and that conversation has any sway i think he may get a decent shot who do they have for starting pitchers now woodruff's out burns yep. is out uh, so, pretty, pretty peralta yeah and that's it uh, aaron ashby is looking like a really good late round pick that i have in like if he's healthy my... they got joe, yeah, sure. joe ross now like he hasn't pitched in years but uh, yeah yeah he's there i'm a little they got was... gasser they got gasser oh gasser Miserioski and um, Carlos Rodriguez. Um, they just DFA'd Ethan Small, so he was a guy that was was a notable prospect at least last he year. Was. Yeah, he like um, he was a guy that I considered placing fab bids on fab fab bids on last year, but he's DFA, yeah. so yeah. that obviously should indicate to you that he's uh, not as valuable in these fantasy leagues anymore. But yeah, um, I mean, I think. Sorry, sorry. go ahead. Oh, nope. I th- I, th- I think Hall's going to get a shot. Um, the way they they kind of you know Corbin Corbin Burns was uh, uh I mean to be a starter Corbin Burns was a reliever. Um, 
was Freddie Peralta, did he come up as a reliever? My general um, thoughts on Milwaukee with really good arms is that they can develop them and then they bring them up as relievers. So I, I didn't know if uh, Carlos F. Rodriguez was had an ETA, you know, before July or August or whatever. But with Mizorowski, um, I kind of thought that he, he would maybe be a reliever in the beginning. But, you know, D.L. Hall's he's older, but um, he's kind of in that same boat, electric stuff. Maybe maybe can't throw strikes. So I don't know. It's jumbled, but he should get an opportunity to start, I think. He, he really wants points. to. In those executive polls, um, and um, I don't know if you take more. Uh, I don't know if you take more from these executive polls from professional uh, baseball organizations or these uh, fantasy analysts that you listen to on Twitter, but um, a lot of them mention Miserioski as um, top candidate to be an elite closer. So he was um, high up on the list of prospects that could become a closer. So he definitely has that relief pitch. Do you want to call it risk or upside? I don't know how you want to categorize it, but either way, I I think you I think you you hit the nail there. And then they also got Joey Ortiz, and uh, what Matt Matt Arnold said about him. Just continuing our Micah notes is um he's thrilled to play anywhere. Uh, this guy's a gamer, hard nosed, great defender, gold glove caliber type is in our reports. So they have um, Willie Adamas at shortstop, but third base, second base maybe. Um, this could hurt um, Tyler Black. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this guy? I I have no idea. I you know what I was I was very surprised that I heard recently because people are talking about the trade that he had. Was it a I don't know like an eight ninety OPS? It was some other number. He had a 90, um, 90 point something exit velocity. I think this was at AAA, but it was some other impressive number, and I was surprised. But you just telling me that he's Gold Glove caliber. I did not know that. That wasn't on my radar at all. I mean, I don't know what they're doing this year. They're trying to compete. I I don't know, but um, that'll get you in the lineup. Right. I mean, what did Bryce Terang do? He played in the middle a little bit last year. Like, he's not. Yeah, for a fantasy, he's not super exciting anymore. Well, I'm he saying was. he's not gonna he's not gonna take at bats away from Joey Ortiz. I, I I don't think. So you think Ortiz could start every day, or mostly every day? It's it's possible. It's One possible. of those five five six things, you know, four out of six. Same with Black. I have no idea how they view those two. Okay, so we got a listener question for you. Um, this is from Todd. Um, he asks, "Why do you keep taking Mike Trout on the two on the three four turn?" when you know none of us are taking him until round five. I think we yeah, kind of hit I on that. that time. Uh, I get I that a lot. This. What's that? We kind of, I think we kind of talked about this last time. I forget what we talked about. But um, so 3-4 is usually, uh, what is that now? Is that 45? 3-4? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, yes. Yes. In that, yes, that's that's, and I changed that. So here it is. This last draft was the first time I ever took closers, definitive closers. I took Edwin Diaz at the three four turn and Josh Hader, just assuming Diaz's knee is going to be fine and he'll be he'll be good. And that is because I had been drafting Trout, Nolan Jones, you know, uh, maybe a McLean, um, Machado, 
guys that I do think, like I think Trout is going to be a top 50 player. But somebody told me in a draft recently that they got him at 100 in a previous draft. And that wow. blew my mind. Mike Trout at, at 100. And, you know, they were, they were bagging on me because I did take Trout in maybe like Adolis Garcia at 45, 46. Um, the reason I didn't mind doing it when his ADP was around 70 or whatever, I, it was 75. I didn't want to risk not getting him. Um, I need outfield in, in the beginning. Outfield is shallow as it is. Um, stop me if I ramble on too long, okay? No, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So outfield is shallow as it is in a, in a three outfield league. With 14 hitters and five outfielders, man, it's hard to find five everyday players um, in, in the outfield that aren't getting, you know, strong side platooned or whatever. Um, and it's also hard to get like the second fill your outfield with the second level ones. I never get the first rounders. Okay. I, sometimes I'll get a uh, Jordan Alvarez. Um, it's, you know, 15, 16, but I, I never get, you know, Kyle Tucker, Mookie Pets. I don't get those guys. Um, Cause I'm not drafting there and maybe I should reconsider that, but um, you gotta I didn't get want out. to risk. I gotta get. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I should reconsider that and take T.J. Abrams, twenty. No, I think I think Ellie is a great risk. Like I don't typically, I won't get sidetracked, but I don't typically take risks in the beginning. That's like fantasy one hundred and one. But mm-hmm. I just think I just think I could get a, a top eight player there. But um, you don't consider Trout a risk because. He's you're taking him near the beginning. Not I, would, I would consider that Trout is a risk, so I would say that I would push back on what you just said. Well, uh, sure, yeah, for, for playing time. I mean, not playing time for games played. Yeah, 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 no doubt. So it's Jose Altuve, and I was taking him at forty-five, but it's obviously much less of a risk at forty-five um, than it is at fifteen, and we don't even know if Ellie will bounce back, you know, cause he had a super hot start. He sucked. Uh, I likened it to, then he sucked. I likened it to Austin Riley from three, four years ago. And then the next year, you know, he was good to great. And he's been great since a risk for different reasons. Like when we know Trout's in the lineup, he, he's going to produce. We're not, we're not actually a hundred percent sure about that with Ellie. Um, we, we think so. And we think it'll be that I think it'll be this year, but. Um, but I, I, I wanted I wanted to get those guys, and I didn't want to at forty five Trout at forty five Adolis. I wanted to get those second level elite outfielders, not elite, and I didn't want to risk it to seventy five. But like I said, he was drifting, uh, and it just my strategy was paying fewer d- diminished returns because I was reaching like for Nolan Jones or or Mike Trout. Um, at 40 something, even if I think their value uh, is eventually going to be around that. And I do think that Mike Trout, I, I got Mike Trout in this one when I took two closes at the three, four turns. So I just recently started to reconsider that. Let's see. Did you get Mike Trout here? I'm looking at the, yeah, you did. did get him with the, and I'm telling you, I'm the five, the five, you, you took him with the five, six turn. So you've, um, You've uh, adapted. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, get in, we'll get into the we'll get into the draft soon. So we're going to get into that draft. 
um, very soon. But I wanted to talk about just some before we get go before we get into your draft. Um, I want to talk about some of the recent going on going ons at the NFBC. And last podcast that I did, we spent a lot of time. Mike the Mouth and Andrew Geller came on and talked about that there was a scandal going on. I don't want to get into that anymore. That's been talked about too much, in my opinion. But I think going forward, I really want to play on the NFBC. But there's a couple issues that I want to bring up. And these aren't cheating issues at all. Um, I want to be clear. I don't consider that. I don't consider this um, anything um, malicious, the three things that I'm going to bring up. But um we're playing with for serious cash, and these are things that, like, I want the, the NFB to, NFBC to consider, and I want to hear people's thoughts on it. So, like, if you're listening to this, um, shoot a comment, like, under the podcast before I release it, and, like, I want to hear pe what people think about these issues because they're not, they're, like, I may come across seeming they're black and white. They're not black and white issues, um, but I think they're issues that a large majority of the people playing NFBC might not know about. So first of all, um, people play the availability of leagues and overall competitions. I've talked about this. The early, early drafts, a New Year's Eve draft, and all of the same players every year. That should be that should not be part of the overall competition if the players are pre-chosen. That is, if not everyone has the same access to the league. So for example, Adam, like our league that we're in right now, like we called it a draft champions listener league, but there's all these random people in it because I can't carve out uh, a league and a time slot and only put in the people that I want without giving everyone access to it. So like basically we ambushed a draft because it's the only way to do it because I'd be a hypocrite making my own listener league and not asking people, even though I did put it out publicly. So whoever contacted me, we basically said, okay, let's just join, let's just join this league. There's going to be other people in it, whatever. But there are leagues that just have specific 15 people that were never, it's never, um, advertise the public. So my thing is everything has to hit the lobby. Um, so, you know what I mean? Um, I don't, yep. I don't like the fact that there's certain leagues that, and I've been in these leagues. So, uh, and I'm happy to not be in them, but um, I don't oh, think there's anything malicious going on, but just for the interest of like the integrity of a $40,000 grand prize contest. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah. You want me to just talk, for sure, a hundred percent. Like, why is it this private league? What's there's not many of them, but there's they, they do exist. It's just again, people it comes down to again, it's, yeah, they all know each other. It comes down to like the NFBC being a millions of dollars of funnel into this company um, through leagues, but it is in, in a sense, and this is a good thing, and um, it can be critiqued that it's run by like kind of like a home league sometimes, even though it totally it's, sounds. Yeah, like a whole bunch of buddies where I don't know how it happened. I'm sure this isn't how it happened, but this is what it seems like. Yeah, some no, really, no, no, some really right. smart, like it, some really it is a bunch of friends, bunch of buddies that want to play. Yeah, and got like, together. Not, it's not and then, cheating. And they weren't business guys necessarily, and then the thing grew, and the old habits kind of kind of remained. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, that's what it, that's seems what it like. feels like. So I'm saying, like, if, if we're going get, to get serious, we're going to put in more controls. These leagues that are predetermined and not open to the public shouldn't be part of the overall. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I, I the NFC wants to offer fucking Thanksgiving or Black Friday or Easter, whatever. I know there's no drafts at Easter, but some holiday league, New Year's Eve 
fine, do it. Just don't have right. it as part of the DC overall competition. Have it its own standalone league. But like, if you're like, I'm not saying in reality, those players in the league are good players. So it's probably a more, it's probably a tougher league than normal league. So really, like in reality, I'm bitching about nothing. I understand but, that. Um, just to keep the integrity of the contest, all leagues should be open to the public. Is all, is all I'm saying. Yeah, and this real quick point, uh, I do trust that very good players are on the up and up. But if one of us, if a scumbag becomes a really good player and gets to know them and gets one, they can easily collude and win the overall by not making it obvious. Like, where's the failsafe to, oh, let this one dude in this league, we all know each other, draft a friggin' ridiculous elite team, you know? Yeah. So that you can win the overall, where's the failsafe for that? Again, I trust that guys who are well known and very good aren't doing that. But all it takes is one dude. Yeah, the failsafe is for the, for them to rely on their experience and, and look at the monitor monitor the draft and look at, and have a sense that there's nothing weird going on with the draft. But also the other failsafe is have the drafts all open in the public lobby so anyone can join. Don't preclude but, people from joining the drafts. That's I've talked way. about that. I think that's an easy fix. All drafts have to hit the lobby and whatever. Well, that's all I'll say about that. Last thing is, this is not something that we haven't brought up on this podcast before, but my friend, Mike Govier brought it up on his podcast. And because we were talking about it in a chat, um, it is well known within certain circles that during the Vegas live events, Certain groups of people request not to be in the same league as each other. Now, that may seem innocent on the surface. And again, I don't believe there's anything malicious going on. Let me make that clear. I'm not saying anyone's cheating. I'm not saying people are purposely strategizing to give themselves an advantage. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Um, inadvertently, maybe, as I'll get into. But um I'm also not sure how the online leagues that have multiple leagues on it on uh, at the same time are divided. So if two if two leagues are filled at the same time, say an online main, I'm not sure how those are sort of they divide the two uh, they divide the thirty people into two fifteen team leagues. I'm not sure how they do that. It's not transparent. I'd like I'd like some transparency in on this issue, and I'll name names because they're they're good players. So like you have. Um, and this is known because um, a couple of years back um, they had they they released the main event seating. Uh, there's like eight tables because the main event uh, there's a bunch of live main events throughout the weekend on Las, in the Vegas uh, in the Vegas drafts. And one time slot Saturday morning has like eight tables in a big ballroom at once. So they release all the tables and they had to change it one year because. And I don't remember who, I, I honestly don't remember who, but it was in the group of people that are Vlad Sedler, Rob Silver, Matt Modica, Jenstad, Erickson, maybe, I don't know, because they're the same podcast, but I know, I know they had to separate two of those people because they accidentally placed them at the same table. So it's sort of like they're juggling all these groups of people. And um, I don't, and I know that um, they're all very, very good players. And I know, and, I don't know if all of those players request to be separated, but I know some, at least some of them do. I know that Phil Dussault, Toby, Rob, Weimer, they all also, they're all friends. They also request to be separate. 
And then I'm, I could get into Dave McDonald and Jake Halisker, uh, Halisker, sorry, Halisker. They also, I know for a fact, request to be separated and probably their friend Tony and Marcus as well. Now, um, other there could be other groups that I don't know for sure, like the Posma group. I don't think, they always play together though. They always seem to play together. So I don't know about them, but uh, I don't know if Posma and Gruber get asked to be separated. Um, but I think there are, there's more. So it's it's a more pervasive thing that people realize. And I don't want to start naming names without knowing for sure. Um, but um, it's fine to cherry pick week leagues online when there's one time slot. So like a, like a midnight online championship. But where I draw the line is when certain players never get to face another player because they're friends. I know these requests are granted because um, because of what I just said. And I know I've been asked, I've asked to avoid certain players because I'm like, why can't I not face this person? And those requests were, they were, they said, okay, I'll look into it, but they were ultimately denied. Um, uh, and this is a bigger deal because of two issues. One, these players are really, really good. So it's not like these are like mediocre players. These groups of players are sort of your good old boys or, or the new, or the new group of players that are sort of, I don't know, very prominent in the NFBC. So it's a it's it's a bigger issue and it gets compounded because these are really, really good players. All the people I listed, I consider very, very good players. So it's sort of like saying, oh, yeah, you know what? Like, okay, you're an expansion team in the MLB, Florida Marlins. You're coming in, um, whatever year you came in, 1994, 95, whatever they came in. But guess what? You're gonna you're gonna play you you can play anyone in the league, but guess what? The Yankees and the Red Sox are not going to play each other. Why? Because, oh, the Yankees and Red Sox are friends. They talk and they make trades. Or maybe maybe trades is a bad example, but they're but whatever. For whatever reason, they're the they're the OGs. And guess what? They they don't they're the two best teams and they're not going to play each other. And yeah, guess what? You know what? The Dodgers and the Giants, they're not going to play each other either. They get to play the they they can they can they're only going to play the Rockies and the Diamondbacks and the Cubs and the Reds, whatever, right? But they never get to face each other. So it's kind of like that. And two, and I know almost all the people are doing this new CLQ Champions League competition online. Most people are doing it online. But some of the people setting up and have coordinated the CLQ and came up with the idea might be granted requests not to be put up against those uh, certain players in that CLQ. So, um, and those are some of the best players. So in my opinion, if I'm in the CLQ, which, which I am, and I think it's a good competition, I'm saying, and I think everyone that's not grant getting granted this request. Well, this is kind of BS. No, honestly, honestly, this issue is more pervasive than most know. And it, and I think people might be asking, was this a Derek thing? It's not just a Derek thing. I believe, I think the NFBC sometimes runs like a home team when hundreds of thousands of dollars are at stake, but this should, but this shouldn't be like Greg and Tom or the wedding planners and saying, Oh, I can't sit Vlad at this table with Scott, I can't sit Toby with Phil because like they their wives don't get along. Like they shouldn't be fucking wedding planners. Like this should be an like a a, a randomized league, randomized leagues for for and transparent in that as well. Um, so and I, I I've talked about this with a good friend of mine who 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 basically is disagreeing with me. And uh, when I said that to him, he said this is. Um, he said, this is a reductio ad absurdum, absur absurdum, which is basically a fancy way of saying that I've like, did like deduced this uh, argument to the most absurd scenario being like wedding planning. 
which I kind of disagree with because I don't really, I think it's more of a, an analogy, not uh, a bias, um, but this is serious money. And like, if you share info about teams and you, you text your buddy, or if you even share a high value buy-in in another league, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. There are multiple time slots to enter these main events. And if you want to coordinate this, you can. It's Maybe. essentially tantamount to insider trading. You have information about, I don't know, whatever this other person and maybe the way they draft or, or whatever. And you're, you're, you're creating a position for yourself in a way that you think, it, uh, yeah, no, if not everyone's allowed. That seems pretty straightforward to me. I, I uh, Latin phrases yeah. aside, uh, I, I think it's perfectly valid. Yeah, either you you grant all requests, or you grant no requests. Like because your body's with someone and you share a league with like the best player in the world, then like I don't know, maybe they're gonna get mad because I'm friend. I'm I also consider them friends. I don't know if they consider me a friend, but I consider them a friend. But like Phil might be the best player in the world, and if another player like Toby is also one of the best players in the world, in my opinion. These are two of like the best players I've ever met. And I've talked to them and they're two of the smartest guys from when it comes to fantasy baseball I've ever met. And they're never gonna get they're never gonna have to face each other. And you know anyone can do that in the in these online. You can you can avoid each other, but in them in the in the main event, which everyone does in Vegas, which is supposed to be randomized, I don't know, man. Like um why can't why can't I say, oh I don't want to face Phil and Toby either. Like I'm not as good friends with them. I don't talk to them. I don't give them any valuable information. But why is my reasoning worse than their when they're their reasoning? Like I don't right. want to play against them either. Fuck it. Right. But um, well, my my friend who I was talking to. You, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I agree. It's not much more to say. It seems pretty simple to me. Yeah, like to me, it seems black and white, but I don't want to say it's a black and white issue because there's probably things that I'm not considering because, again, these people are like, you know what, this is why I play NFBC. They're, they're catering to my needs. Um, I, I don't want to play against my friends. I get it. No, I we don't understand why it's good for them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, I said to them, it, it, anyone who's being granted this privilege is going to love it. And anyone <laughs> that doesn't get granted it is obviously going to think it's absurd. Um yeah. And NFBC is becoming, it's growing and people are like, I keep gaining friends. So it's just like, I have people always messaging me, don't join this league. Don't join this league. I'm like, you can't join this league. And then I, now I have like no leagues to join. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm exaggerating because I'm gaining friends. And it's just like, where do you draw the line here? Like, it's getting to a point where I'm just like, yeah. you got to say enough is enough. Like either you grant all requests or you grant no requests because Greg and Tom aren't, they don't, they don't have a dress on. They're not wedding planners. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And um, if it's a standalone league, you know, not an overall, well, you know, that's, I, I feel like that's totally different. If you want to. Yeah. You know, and I apologize. To you. Other leagues. I don't want to rain on these parades. And I, like I said, I talked to him, I was talking to my friend and I consider him a good friend about this today. And our argument got heated and, and whatever, like, I don't, I don't take it personally at all, but um, like, of course, like you're clouded with bias when, when, when you're 
when you are granted this privilege. And he and he also he also mentioned that gambling license and licenses and federal regulations require them to share live signups prior to the start of contest. So you have to know who you're playing against, which is fine. Like they do show the the signup sheets, but and I have no issue with that. You can choose which league you go into, but there's certain instances where there's multiple leagues at the same time. And in this Vegas league, there's eight at the same time. So within that, you don't get to know how it's divided. It's like underdog or DraftKings or whatever. Yeah. If, if you're in a playoff competition, they're gonna they're gonna narrow it down into fields and you don't get to choose who you're with. And that doesn't like you don't you, you get to see who you're playing against, but you don't get to choose. That's a very distinct verbiage, right? So yeah. that's I'm not sure about the laws and regulations exactly, but yeah, just I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. I don't know anything either, but comparing like that Vegas, the live Vegas eight table um, time slot on Saturday morning, to me, it's no different than like when you're doing an underdog draft, the dinger, and then you get to the playoff rounds and um, they're going to narrow it down and they're going to put you into like fields and you don't know, you know, who you, you know, who's in, you know, who the field is, but you don't know who you're going to get narrowed down with. They don't, they're not obligated to tell you. I'm assuming they've crossed all their T's and dotted their I's. So I don't know. Am I missing something? I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but at the same time, I kind of do because I want to look out for myself and I want to make things as fair as possible. And to be frank, all these really, really good players don't have to play against each other, making it harder for people like me to win. Well, I don't have any friends in the industry. Right. Except, right. except you, except you, yeah. right? I'm the only friend. Maybe a couple of people online I've never met. Um, yeah. uh, but even if we were, uh, I would have no problem. Like, if you're right, you're right. And I feel like it's really simple. If you ever wanted to have me very civilly debate it with somebody, it seems cut and dry. Everyone can choose their opponents or no one can. Exactly. I agree. That's 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 my stance. And um, yeah, we went. I went back and forth with um, one of my friends today, and um, uh, yeah, we just disagreed. Doesn't mean we're not friends anymore, but um, we just disagreed on this issue. But um, I don't know. I don't know what the NFPC is going to. I don't know if they're going to um, make this a priority for themselves. But anyways, I wanted to bring that up because I don't. I think a lot of people don't know about this, um, and I just want to hear what people think about it. I'm not trying to force anything on anyone. I'm not trying to dictate anything. I'm just. I'm just throwing it out, food for thought. I want to talk about your team. You have, a, you have a unique strategy. You go very heavy hitting, and then you get into pitching. So just to surmise, uh, you took, um, in the first 12 rounds, you took 10 hitters, with the only two pitchers being Edwin Diaz and Josh Hader in round three and four. And then you went and loaded up on two, four, six pitchers um, in round uh, 13 through 18 and then another four hitters so heavy hitters and then we'll get into the pitchers that you took afterwards but just don't want to talk about your your general strategy and why you think this is a superior strategy than um hammering pitching early Start yeah pitching. um there's i want to try to keep it as succinct as possible because there's so many different reasons but um i i want to get everyday hitters it's not just about everyday hitters. I need to get really good hitters, but I can't have more than like, I need 12 at least everyday players, you know, putting catchers aside. Um, I don't want to get into the Jake Fraley's and the Outman's even 
um, before that outfield got kind of crowded um, just because of counting stats. And if it's a guy who has, I don't know, 280 average, it's fewer at bats at bats counting for. So, and, and that runs out pretty quickly. Um, the, the reason that the other reason, sorry, the major reason is that I feel like there are, I guess maybe 10, 8, 10, 12, I don't know, starting pitchers who are like true aces and set themselves apart. And then let's say, I don't know, 13 through 65, um, a, a, a great number of them are going to pop and be really good. I just think it's really variable. Um, most people probably have you Darvish at, I know he's 37, so it's not a great example, but you Darvish at, in the 50s or 60s even, their SB ranks. I, I don't know. I don't really keep track of other people's. I reference it sometimes. But, um, but like, that's really good. Like, four years ago, there wasn't someone with that good a potential and ceiling uh, who wasn't a prospect, let's say, in, in the 50s and 60s. Nestor Cortez, what did he have? One bad season? He's never been a workhorse. But he had one bad season uh, wherein he was injured. And now he's on a better team, the same team, but a better team, um, the Yankees. And he's going in the, he's like 280. Um, the guy yeah. proved for pretty much a year and three quarters or a year and a half to be really effective. And everyone kind of kept, you know, waiting um, for him to fall fall down to earth because his stuff doesn't look electric. But uh, even, even like, so Alec Manoa, uh, I know he was a disaster last year, and he's got attitude problems with bad makeup. And I'm not banking on Alec Manoa, although I did take him at 340. Um, but like, if you combine the in like a block, so I, I picked Jack Flaherty seventh, one year deal in Detroit. Then Aaron Ashby, great strikeout stuff. If he, you know, if he's healthy and he's still the same guy, and great ground ball rate, which still plays in this um, new environment. And then Alec Manoa and then Max Meyer. So if you think about it in a block of four, I think there are good reasons to think one of those guys is going to be a top 50 pitcher. And that's my, my seven, eight, nine, ten. Like there are more pitchers, I think, um, who could be top 40, top 50 pitchers than in years past. And also within that pool, they don't really distinguish themselves too much. I, I don't know what the rankings are, but Bryce Miller is probably in the 50s or 60s or something for some people. I think that's a dude right there who is going to get developed just like Logan Gilbert. And um, you got him. I was so upset. Um, and uh, George Kirby uh, and, and a great part too on a decent team. I, I think he's going to be maybe like top 35 pitcher, top 30 pitcher, maybe I'll say top 40 to be safe, but like there are lots of guys. And so my, my goal is not to get four absolute studs like you did. And I know I'm not going to be as good in um, strikeouts per nine innings, but again, you can make up for that in other ways. Strikeouts are, are pretty up there in a per nine. Um, and this nah. is just a, I, I typically don't go with this heavy starting pitcher. It's just sort of how it fell to me. And I do a lot of these, but I, I want to love look at your guys. Picks. Well, they're, I've spent up on them. The, uh, you were, I love your hitting. Um, yeah. You've got a lot of good, a lot of good hitting, but I want to deconstruct your team. 
So the pitchers you did take, your first six starting pitchers, which you all took in a row, were Ryan Pepio, Lucas Giolito, Tristan McKenzie, Nick Lodolo, Taj Bradley, and John Means, all players that didn't have a successful year last year for injury reason or success reason or limited innings. Um, now you're banking on a rebound from all of them. Now, no. I think you, you've, re, you've resigned to the fact, well, you can you can correct me, but I think you, 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 yeah. you've resigned to the fact that your pitching is not going to be your strength versus your hitting. Your hitting is going to be a stronger part Probably. of your team. So yeah. you don't need to hit a home run on your pitching. Uh, you're looking at four categories here because saves you are very strong and hitting you're very strong. So you need some of these players. Now I'm just looking at this. You just I think you might be thinking, I might not be good in ERA and WHIP, but I'm going to get players that are going to get me a lot of strikeouts, and hopefully they stay healthy. Well, I actually don't think I had a, a lot of strikeout potential there. Giolito is probably the only guy, and he didn't have a good year, but the only guy that has a lot of innings or had a lot of innings last year, or typically does, and and has you know something close to, I don't know if he has 10 for 9, but I have Lodolo. I, he's easily my least favorite pick. Um of, of my pitchers, but, but let me get back to um, what you said originally where I'm banking on all my first six. Those are my first six starting pitchers. So they must, I must need them to be, but that's, they don't really distinguish themselves from like my next six. They do, but they don't that much as compared to other players. So I look at that's it. Not as, good. That's not good. I, I don't think it's bad. Because if, if you're thinking these six pitchers that you took in rounds 13 through 18 don't distinguish, don't distinguish themselves much from the pitchers you took in rounds 25 to 27. Yeah, well, I mean, who do you think is going to have a better year, Lucas Giolito or Alec Manoa? And I know you think they're probably both bad, but no, I think I think I'd way rather have Giolito until I know that Matt Manoa is not a fat fuck anymore and, and can pitch again. Yeah, I don't know if there's fat fucker. He was he was sticky stuff or bad attitude or something. But I think it might have been the sticky stuff. I will. I'm from Toronto. I went to his opening days. I went to the opening day. Um, saw him pitch opening day last year, and he didn't do well. And I just looked at him and I'm like, this guy's fucked. Like Maybe. I can, I I just I could just tell. Like I'm not like <laughs> I'm not some like prospect scout or anything like that. But yeah. I did play baseball. I did pitch, and I did pitch. And I'm looking at him and I'm like. This guy's not using his legs properly. Like, and then you look at the velocity, the velocity, and then there's something's wrong with him. So that needs to be fixed. And like, like he, when he's walking back from the fourth in the dugout, he's put, his pants aren't staying up. He just looks like a sloppy fuck. And I'm yeah. like, this guy, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, he doesn't look the same as last year, like physically or like in his delivery. And I'm not some like expert or anything like that, but I could tell him something's off. So he's gonna, not to say that he couldn't fix it, but um, well, at pick round 25, I'm not shitting on the pick. Um, I think it's an okay chance to take. Well, I think it's an awesome pick, and I don't know why people. Like, <laughs> he was awesome. He was awesome the year the before. I don't ago. know if he won the Cy. Yeah, right. The Cy Young, and he was awesome in the minor leagues, and he was awesome for like a third of a year in the pros in twenty one. Um, I I don't have you know I don't have any real reason. I don't even know why he failed. Um, so I don't know why he's gonna gonna turn it around, except for the fact that he's on the cusp. Like he's gonna get a chance. The the GM said he's got a leg up on the rotation spot. So you know, considering what happened, there is there was some concern. He wasn't even gonna be in the rotation, but he's probably gonna be in the rotation. Um, and he's on the cusp of 
becoming in a couple of years either a nothing or a hundred million dollar player. Like I'm just banking on him, and we saw a year and a half of it, and in the minors, I'm bank. I'm not banking on that, but he's one of the guys I'm banking on being himself um, in, in the new environment. And if it was sticky stuff related, that's fixable. People have found a way around it. If it's health related, he does have bad makeup, I've heard. Um, but if it's health related, that's fixable as well. Um, but I, I drafted about 13 to 16 starting pitchers. Technically like 16, I count you know, some, some guys who may come up as relievers. I'm saying you start seven. I'm imagining you're going to start seven starting pitchers because your two relievers are studs. So you don't need any more relievers in your lineup unless those guys get hurt. Right. But Um, I just need seven of those 14 guys to pop. I don't need the six, the six that we listed. And then later you took Flaherty, seven, Manoa, eight, Aaron Ashby, nine, Max Meyer. We'll give him starting pitcher designation, 10, um, who else is there? Then Ryu, 11, Disclafani, 12. Do you count with colors? Sure. He's a half. But when I do it, I, I count him as a half when I do it in my head. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. And then you got a bunch of prospects like Hampton, Eater. I like those picks. They're they're good. Um, oh, Eater was the other guy when I was talking about Mastrini that might have a chance to, to pitch. Yeah, for sure. Um, you think what do you what do you think is going to go on with Max Meyer? I like that pick. You took him in round twenty seven. Um, he's a guy that yeah. um, I don't know if he's going to start in the rotation. The rotation is pretty loaded. Um, well, he's, he's, that, there's been talk about him being in the bullpen. Also, I I have not read that. I should have. Um, I I think eventually he's going to be in the rotation. Who's going to start over him? Edward Cabrera. Can't find a player. I don't, I, no, I don't, I'm not saying there's any new news about him in the bullpen, but I think like not. I haven't heard like his team specifically say, "Oh, he could be a closer." Oh. I've just heard people oh, say, like, he, might, yeah. he, he has." Uh, I'll I'll backtrack a bit. It's pretty meaningless what I've heard, but um, I did like it is a valid thought. But yeah, no, they they got they got Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, Lazardo, Yuri Perez, Braxton um, Garrett. Who else? I usually yeah. like to I usually like to pair Trevor Rogers with uh, Max Meyer. I didn't this time because I feel like you know if Trevor Rogers is healthy and he he was showing AJ Puck too. Your boy, your boy Brian Edwards took uh, AJ Puck, yeah. the guy that won a men's movie night. Yeah, I didn't even know anything about that when he was talking about that. I didn't know the <laughs> reference. Um, yeah, I don't know about AJ Puck. But I, you know, I, I like Max Meyer and Trevor Rogers pairing them together because I think one of them is going to be the fifth starter, or they could both be in there and, and Edward Cabrera is out. But like when it comes to my seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, you know, I'm betting on talent. I'm uh, maybe he starts in the in a relief role, but you know, eventually, I think he's going to be their, you know, fourth best starter. Um, is yeah, he going to go was, more was, than hundred he... innings? I don't know. There was a hitter, and I forget who the hitter was, but I guess um, somebody young. And they said that they asked him who is like who has who is like the nastiest pitcher you ever faced, like in the minor leagues. And they said it was Max Meyer. I forget. I think it was was it Nolan Gorman or some someone like that. They basically said that um, Max Meyer is like the best the best stuff they've ever faced. Yeah, nobody nobody disputes that he he has typically had great stuff. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't pitch all that much in the majors last year, but um, 
Or did he pitch at all? Maybe he didn't. No, he was Tommy uh, John all last year. He was recovering from Tommy John. Oh, he had that's Tommy right. John. But he pitched in the he was, minors. He was a big right? pickup in 2022, and then he missed all 2023 with Tommy John. But he that's should right. be he like, pitched a little bit in 2022. No, I like like so lump him in with the three or four other guys. I need one or two of those guys to pop. I need Alec Manoa to be in Jack Flaherty in a great park on a one-year deal from a guy who, yes, a long time ago used to have uh, – it was a long time ago, but he used to be good. Uh, Jack Flaherty is probably my 10th or 11th favorite pitcher. Um, he's, he, I drafted him 7th. I honestly would take Manoa probably because he was being drafted before Manoa and Ashby, and, and I went ADP on that. Um, right. But I, I I can see a scenario where Jack Flaherty has SP six numbers, SP seven numbers that are that are useful. That's under four. Right. So two two comments I have like on the construction of this team is that I think people that see your team they say, well, you took twelve uh, ten hitters in the first twelve picks your offense better be fucking killing it. Now, one of those picks is Noah Blake Marte. There's some risk in here. Um, Trout, O'Neill Cruz, Dela Cruz. These are not sure things. Casas, um, Pasquantino, um, like all the picks, just not safe picks. And then you're, then you, then you round it out with Brandon Lowe, Jake, Jake Fraley, Brett, Brett Beatty, Matt Walner. So I think people are saying you bet, you better knock the hitting out of the park. If you're going to be, if your pitching is going to be like that, do you think that's a good way to think or no? Well, of course, but but someone else, of course, but and, and I I have full faith in Noelle Marte, Tristan Cassis, and a third guy that you mentioned, and uh, Vinny P. If he's healthy, I know he's not going to hit 30 home runs ever in that park, but he's a hitter. Um, but but um, you know, someone said. Uh, about my strategy online on Twitter, they said, uh, well, uh, we all know hitting is a crapshoot. I, I, I don't know where that comes from. And he said, um, yeah, like you better ha- be, you know, s- so far ahead of, of uh, everyone else, lap everyone else in hitting to make up for the pitching. It was in the context of if we had gone the other way, pitching all pitching first and hitting later on from rounds 11, 12, whatever, that, that somehow you would have this insurmountable lead in pitching, uh, but be able to make it up in hitting. Like, of course my, my hitting uh, should be very good. It has to be very good. Um, But every time you take a pitcher, you're giving up a hitter. Every time you take a hitter, you're giving up a pitcher. And what I'm saying is I can't get everyday – I know I have Jake Fraley in there, but Matt Walner is a is – a, he's a solid 240, 25 home runs. He's a fine fifth outfielder. I think he's going to play every day. But, like, um, everyone else, Brett Beatty is going to at least get the chance to play every day. Um, I can't get everyday players past 300. I, I know you can, but but not good ones – I can get um, pitchers who might just give me 80 innings, but because I have 16 pitchers, he he's not in my lineup the entire time. 
And when, so if, if Max Meyer gives me 80 innings, he's another guy that might give, uh, let's say Ryan Pepio only goes 80 innings, right? I like think, I can I think make people, up. I think he does more than that. What's that? I think Pepio could go more than that. Oh yeah, workload wise, but he's he's been injured in the past. But um, but what I'm saying is I can make up for, you can't make up for a platoon player playing in your lineup unless you have an everyday player on the bench. And if you do, then why are you putting them? You can't make up for that. You can make up for pitchers who go five innings, for pitchers who are only going to pitch 100 innings uh, with two-start pitchers, with, uh, you know, if you're wrapping up, if I'm wrapping up saves pretty early, I can go nine starting pitchers uh, near the end of the season. But there's nothing you can do. So can I can I switch it over to your roster? Yeah, let's let's switch it over to my roster. Yeah, you can switch uh, over to my roster. But I do I do want to make some comments about yours after as well. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Then. Yeah, just I, I, you can win. There's a million ways to skin a cat here. But if you're going to go with this strategy, I just want to point out that you took Francisco Alvarez and Logan O'Hoppy in rounds nine and ten, which is fine. I like that. Double up on catcher. And you also um, spent a lot of picks on your hitting early. You spent a lot of um, draft capital on hitting. Now, when you get down, just in these DCs, when you get down, say, in round 32, you're taking Joey Gallo, like a guy that's going to hit under 200, might not play every day, and you're taking him He's going to play every day. He's never going to play. Okay, debatable. Mike, like you got Mike Clevenger, Lorenzo, oh, I read Drew it. Thorpe, um, Michael Kopech. So, like... That's just, there's one example for me, and I'm not the best player in the world, but I'm saying that when I went, if you go heavy hitting and your pitching is, in my opinion, suspect, you need to, you need to have some things good happen to you. Michael Kopech is one of the same, like Michael Kopech is not too different than Flaherty, Manoa, in that sort of right. realm of pitcher that you took rounds and rounds earlier, yet you're going back to the well and hitting with Joey Gallo instead of taking a Michael Kopech. That's one example. Or Alex Cobb. Um, and then I see you take Omar Narvarez. I guess you want to pair him with Alvarez in round 40 and yeah. Corey Lee. So again, you did the back-to-back -back, uh, catchers on that turn. I'm like, why? Like, don't, I know you want to be safe in, in case Alvarez gets hurt, but Navarez is not going to get you the production. Alvarez gets you no matter what. You got to go back to the – like leave catcher you have two stud catchers like those those players aren't doing anything for you, you go back to the well with some if, better upside if, shots there like i'd rather you, i'd rather you just fill your joey gallo spot with with a pitcher that's gonna have a good chance of maybe helping you out and then just replace one of those fucking catchers why why fill your fourth catcher in round 41 who's Corey glee not even projected to start and you can take it take another outfield there like there's a bunch I, of good outfielders there like uh take, ooh, a, a bunch gordon. of good outfielders nick like there's aaron hicks nick gordon in that realm dylan oh. carlson like i know they're not good oh. but neither is they're not even lee. all starters is Corey lee a starter is Corey I, lee gonna I, be I, the he, team? he could yeah he could he could so so could victor robles so yeah, could many many Mar margot <laughs> Dom Canzone. I'm just saying that's just my constructive criticism of the, on the team, and I'm not always right. That's what I would do if if you're going to go with that strategy. I mean, but you're talking about guys. Aaron Hicks. I don't even know what team he's on now. Is he still on the Orioles? He's on the Angels. They okay. they told me. I guess we didn't know at the time. We might not have known at that time. He might have. I think he got acquired. I would never consider time. drafting Aaron Hicks. I, I'm just saying. I agree with Victor, that. I agree. Victor with that. Robles, like. 
you can give me 700 at bats of Victor Robles. I don't want it. He's batting eighth or ninth. Uh, he's no longer even like he's nothing. He's nothing. I have, I have uh, my outfielders. Um, what was the the backup? The backup catcher. If I, if Prince, there were no starting catchers at that point. No, they weren't. Right, right. So if Francisco uh, Rodriguez and I was going to take, I was going to go Omar Nevarez and Matt Matt Tease or Tease or whatever, because they have in the past been been decent starters. I wouldn't go like you know someone terrible if they were a terrible backup. No where's, they, where's Matt Tease? Where did he go? He went right before Narvaez. I was going to take him, but uh, okay. Um, I'm I'm looking for 50 home runs from my catcher spot. If they go down. I at least need an everyday catcher. Uh, yeah, and if if Francisco Alvarez goes down, Navarez is still not going. Is like it's not like um, I'm not trying to draft another Francisco Alvarez. Like I just need someone where you transfer you transfer your superpowers. I don't know. There's probably a bunch of different movies. Like Francisco Alvarez isn't going to transfer his home run muscles into Ovar Navarez. He's still going to be Navarez is still a cuck. Regardless, uh, no, I know, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe if he's batting eighth, and maybe, but, but we're splitting he here. Be, it's round he would, forty. Here, my who might have critiqued your round forty pick? Like, there's not much available here. But I'm just no, saying, that's fine. This is, this will make me better, and I'm starting to think about it. Like some of those backup catcher, like they'll hit eight home runs and have eleven RBI, you know, because they they bat ninth, something like that. So maybe it is minimal, but but I have no, I can't have a non-starting catcher in my lineup at all times. And and that was the only one to protect me. I think Corey Lee could could get 300 at that, something like that. I mean, he has Manny Grandal is old. But, um, you know, you said on some of the upside pitchers, you don't think I took enough starting pitchers? I feel like I took plenty. I don't know. The, like, um, Max, Max Meyer might not start in the majors. Like, your starting pitchers, Pepio, Giolito, McKenzie, Lodolo, Taj Bradley, John Means, Jack Flaherty, Alec Mandola, Aaron Ashby, Max Meyer. Let's count, let's compare to let's just compare the number of pitchers I took. Maybe I'm not saying I'm the best roster constructor out there, but I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What do you count? Scherzer. Scherzer is a half. We'll call him seven and a half, eight, nine. DeGrom is another half, 10, 11. Um, yeah, I have less than you. I have like, you have like 13. I have like 11 through that same period. And then like, of course, we sprinkle in some prospects that I'm not really counting as anything substantial later on. But I'm like, I had, I had four starting pitchers for the first six rounds. So that's a completely different build. Um what and, what did you talk about with my team specifically? So 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 with the hitting, it really comes down to is my hitting as good as your pitching? Uh, yours might be better, but then you have to compare because you went four. I mean, I love your first four pitchers, with the exception of Blake Snell, just because I don't know if he's going to pitch, you know, even 140, 50 innings. When he does, right. I, I do trust. It's been kind of two years in a row. That he's been awesome, even though he had like a three seven seven year. He was filthy in the second half of uh, twenty two. But um, is is my you know pitching? How does that compare to your hitting? 
And I can, like I said, uh, what was it? I want to stay away from a Brendan Donovan who will play every day. I have no doubt, but will bat seventh or eighth, you know, against righties. So like batting order problems, platoon splits, um, Jackson Churio may or may not start in, in the majors probably will. I know he's got the contract, um, but he's, he's a risk might not bat high in the beginning, like all those risks. I, there's nothing I can do for it to, to make up for that. Um, you have a, a few too many platoon players. Now you have an elite friggin', you have good closers and elite friggin' top four. And then Bryce Miller is your fifth, who I love. Um, and and you, you snipe me by, you know, maybe 10 picks or something that snipe. But, but, yeah. but again, like I can do two start pitchers, you know, you, you can't really, like, what can you do? You can put a, a hitter, you know, to make up for my guys who might be injured or um, or have innings, um, you know, restrictions. But there's nothing I can do for, like, a Jake Fraley. I have Jake Fraley in my lineup because I think when he's in there, he's if he plays 130 games, which he platoons, so 120, 130, Maybe he gets 70 RBI total and 50 runs, but he'll get 20 and 30. I just, it's, that's like 20 runs and, and 10 RBI. I got to make up for just with him. And there's no way to do it unless I have a better player who's an everyday player. And let's basically be starting over him. But I you're can make he, up. You're for hoping him. he gets traded. You're hoping he gets traded. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually hoping he stays in that park and people are injured and he has to bat against lefties. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that would be, that would be better. He needs a couple. He, couple he doesn't hit the ball. I need I need, a Trevor Bauer, I need a Trevor Bauer signing. I don't know what you think is going to happen there. I got him what, in round 30, 38. Who? Someone Trevor? signed him? I need no, no, no. Oh. I, I need, oh, I need, need that to happen. I need that to happen if, for, for this That's, team. I don't know if you need it with your pitching, dude. Like, so maybe that's Joe, a mistake on Joe, my part with, with my with my top part of my pitching staff. Did I really need to go Bauer there? Should I've gone? Well, it's round thirty-eight. Else? It's an excellent pick. Like 38 times 15, what is that? 380 plus, what's that, pick 570? You know? Yeah, he fell pretty late in this draft. I mean. Otherwise, otherwise I would never take Bauer. Like, um, I need him to fall. I think, he's my yeah. first, I think it's like my first share of him. Yeah, I mean, Wander Franco's out. But like, even a, a, a Julio Urias, if I felt like I was set and I had a pretty good draft, I'd take him, I'd take him with my last eight, 10 picks. Is he available probably, here? I'm not. I'm not going to take him. You, you're on. Auto, oh, it's right? still going on. That's right. It's, it's still uh, going on. You're. I think you're on auto. Like it's coming up to you soon. You think you put yourself on auto? Um, yeah, I'm on. I, I have a is, queue. I think he's in my queue. Urias. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm. I don't play. I got one pick left, so I'm not going to. He won't be a pick for me. Um, but no, um, I'm going to take an out the Colorado outfielder prospect. Zach Veen. Yeah, Zach Vane. I'm gonna take Zach. Yeah, Vane. you can tell me. Uh, you you finish your team before I get to pick again, so it doesn't matter. You can. Oh, okay. Me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Zach Vane and uh, like Colin Pochet, something like that. Just another. Yeah. Who's a believer? Um. But. But like you know, like like I said, you could also start nine starting pitchers at a time. That's one another way I can make up for. Um, in the innings limit. Uh, that would also I, be a disaster situation for you, considering you spent your third and fourth round pick on Edwin Diaz and Josh Hader. 
but, and you're, but, if you're start if you're starting nine starting pitchers at any point uh, or for every any significant period of time, you've had a serious misallocation of resources or some bad luck. Um, but if I have saves wrapped up and I need innings, and, 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 and not that I think I'm going to have saves wrapped up, but if I'm looking pretty good for saves, um, I, I can get, you know, sacrifice maybe four saves a week and get, you know, an extra 20 innings or whatever. But my point is, you know, because, because of where you know where you are and there are things, there's just nothing to do to fight against a platoon player. There's, there's no way to make up for it. Like you could start a guy who has eight games that week versus another guy who has six, but that's not the same. Um, and you could play him on the weekend when they have a double header, but like there aren't, you can, with pitching, you can, you can make up, mitigate um, the innings concerns a little bit more. Um, Dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going calling Pache if I were you. You have 26 pitchers in this draft. You got two picks left. You're already at 26 pitchers. That would bring you to 27 pitchers. You only have four corner infielders on your entire team. You got two first basemen and two third basemen. You got eight outfielders. I usually no, want 10. I have more than two. I have three first base. I have Joey Gallo. Okay. Jo- jo- okay. There, okay. Fair enough. You got Joey Gallo. And then uh, sure I guess I Ellie can move over. Ellie can move over. You got some good position flexibility. I don't know. I just wouldn't like you. You have 26 pitchers already. What's Colin Pache going to do? You already have, you got Jose Siriano, Ben Joyce, Kittridge, Danny Jimenez, um, John McMillan on the Royals, Drew Smith. Like, what's a fucking Pache going to do for you? I'd grab this. I'd grab a, I'd grab a bat instead. Like, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind this, the bean pick. Like, you got eight potential outfielders here. Is Dubon an outfielder too? So, What's is that? He eligibility? Gallo? No, Dubon. Is he or is he just second base? Yeah, he's he's second in outfield. Okay, uh, so you're okay. I would I would do more. I think you're you got your four catchers. You got 26, like you have two more pitchers than anyone else has already. Like, like what what player, what um hitter at this point in the draft? Like we have a lot of um what about Carlos Carrasco? Are you interested in Carlos Carrasco? He's still available. He's available right now? Shit, yeah, I oh, think so. Carlos Carrasco. I, th- I thought you meant Carlos Correa. No, no, I don't want Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, I'm just looking uh, at I'm looking at my cube. There's Patrick Corbin, Carlos Carrasco. I don't know. Um, just but, with but, you but, have but, like you got a whole bunch of spec relievers, and you have two stud relief pitchers. I wouldn't be going with a reliever if I were you. I'd be going with a bat or a start or somebody that can just fill in with like innings. What about Patrick Corbin? Like, if you're going to be like, if I don't want say, those like, innings. Okay, you don't want those pitchers. Okay, fair enough. I, I I don't want those innings. I mean, there were flashes. Clayton, Clayton Beater, Clayton Beater on the on the Yankees. Um, I don't know. Looking at the what bats are available here. There's no everyday yeah. bat available. I guarantee you. Garrett Garrett Hampson. What about Garrett Hampson? He's going to give you position flexibility. He's, uh, they can't send him down early. But like Colin Poche could fill in for saves. He could also just give me regular innings as a reliever might. And there, there's nobody who will give me full every day at bats, which is the equivalent of you know pitching two or three times a week on the pitching side. There are lots of everyday pitchers, you know, quote unquote, um, set up guys and so forth. Like Colin Poche is still available, um, but but with my hitters, I'm just, you know, what, 
I mean, Garrett Hampson was a pinch hitter, a pinch runner for a lot of the year last year. I don't even know who he's with, but he's not playing every day somewhere, is he? Who? Garrett Hampson? No, nah, he's probably not playing every day, but it, the Royals signed him and pretty shitty. They, he could find some time. He can get you some stolen bases. I don't know. He's like 27 now. I'm not betting on him becoming uh, even a half. But I, right, I, I what, wouldn't want what, te- what team? What team do you think is just like – we've had some back and forth in the chat. Um, this Edwards guy, Ganey, Cubby Noel, team four, team three. They've been fucking I, busting your balls. I want you to fucking – Oh, fucking rip on team four. Team rip on team four. The Strider team. It, he took Strider fourth overall. Over like, look, what, what do you think about that? Taking Strider over Freeman and Carroll and Betts and Tatis and Tucker. I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying what I'm just asking you what you think about that. I'm trying to. I, no, I'm, I'm, trying mean, to I'm trying to goat you into into like fucking ripping on Ganey. He can take. He can take it. He's a. He, he can take it. I'll, I, have no pro- I have no problem ripping into people. I. I just Strider's so elite. It's fine. It's like splitting hairs with the with the top okay. ten. Forget about Strider. What else about his? What about what else about his team? Do you dislike? Let me look at this team. I, I didn't have a pulled up. Team four. He's got um, Strider, Michael Harris in round two, Bichette. His uh, Bichette. second starting pitcher is Justin Steele. <laughs> what round? He took Steele in round seven as his second starting pitcher. Third pitching. Yeah, that's not third bad. Hi, Renee Pinto. I'll just confess I have no knowledge of who that guy is. <laughs> who is he? Is he going to start every day? I mean, he's, the, the, he's the top of the depth chart for the for the Rays as catcher. Is he? Yep. All right, well, as of now. Bad on me. Andrew Vaughn. It's just like... Andrew Vaughn in round seventeen. Yeah, it's 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 not happening. Like, and and it's a, a terrible. It's not happening with Andrew Vaughn if it hasn't by now. It's a terrible uh, lineup. Um, I know he's going to hit uh, good there. I like uh, Bichette had a bit. Ty France, man. Like Jorge Polanco's safe. Like I like Jorge Polanco as a middle infielder. Eloy Jimenez not going to happen. Michael Harris. For where he probably drafted him, the guy's gonna bat seventh or eighth, isn't he? Round two. Like, let's look at this, man. 138 games, and he's got 57 RBI, and that's with 18 homers and a 293 batting average. He's got 76 runs. That's not a round two guy. Maybe he gets injured, whatever. George Springer's fine. Brendan Nimmo, these are just fill-in guys, man. Like, <laughs> let's count, let's count how many dudes he's got. Sal Perez, I actually think, could be half a dude. Gabriel Torres is not quite a dude. Bichette, I'll count. Manny Machado, I'll count. Michael Harris, I'll still count. George Springer is still a dude, kind of. And that's it. And what, that's about, it. what about Eloy? I don't, I don't consider him a dude. No, I I think he can bat 270 and hit 28 home runs if he, if he played 150 games, but he's, he's never done it. I mean, maybe he could. He could be better than that. He's flashed half of seasons that are better than. How that. many dudes do you have? Ten. Well, well, I count my two catchers as dudes. I like my players obviously more. No, than no, no. I, count, I counted ten. Your first ten hitters. Yeah, well, let's see if that you start your, your draft is Ellie Alvarez, Edwin Diaz, Josh Hader, and then you go to your eight other dudes: Trout, O'Neill, Cruz, Tristan Casas, T. Oscar, Francisco Alvarez, Ohapi, No Noelve, and then Vinny P. So those are ten yep. dudes. Okay. Yep. What about and, uh, uh, what about 
What about Team One Tonks? He was he was talking some stuff in the chat too. How many dudes does he have? He's got Akuna. It's his CLQ. So you so, got these CLQs yeah. are getting Akuna. I don't know how it's happening, but so he just he just has a lot of players. I remember because I made the side bet with him. He has a lot of. It's just really safe, man. Like what Reed side Hoskins, bet did you make? I don't I don't really keep up with the, the chat log. But what side bet did you make? I just got a four or five hundred dollars side bet. I forget what it was. We're putting it into league safe and. um just oh, just going to do better between you and him in this league? Yeah, not in the overall, just in this league. But, like, Gabriel Moreno and Gabriel Ruiz are not difference makers. I know they're good. Reese Hoskins has a ceiling. Tel Marte has a ceiling. Like, they're good. A whole bunch of safe players with some risks. Isak Paredes, playing time concerns, and he's always just pulled the ball to, to, to outperform his stats. Zach Neto I actually like, but not as your starting shortstop. Anthony Rizzo, I actually don't mind as a corner infielder bounce back. He had a pretty good 2022, and then he had that concussion. But like uh, Jordan Lawler, uh, Sedani Rafaela, like you're not even sure they're gonna, they could bat seven through nine in the lineup if if they're. I think Rafaela is going to be in the starting, but like they're not. I don't want them near my lineup, my starting lineup. Acuna is a stud. Adolis is a stud. Brian Reynolds is Brian Reynolds is like a little bit better than a Glaber Torres where. It's just not exciting. We know the the limit. Uh, Dalton Varsho and Brent Rooker. The guy had thirty home runs and sixty six RBI. Brent Rooker did. Like yeah. that reminds me of Luis Robert. The counting stats in that lineup, unless you're unless you're Zach Geloff and you really are the real deal and you can get a twenty twenty or twenty five twenty five whatever. I don't want anyone in that lineup. Dalton Varsho. I mean, let's just look what he did, man. So you're not a, you're not you're not a, you're not really big fans of Brian Reynolds, um, Brian Reynolds, Glaber Torres, or Dalton Varsho. I like Brian Reynolds and Glaber Torres. They're just not. He's got a, a lot of safe guys. I don't think Brian Reynolds is going to have another career year. I don't think Glaber Torres is going to have another career year. They're very good. If I had fourteen of them, I'd be fine. But Dalton Varsho had sixty-one RBI last year, batted two twenty in one hundred and fifty-eight games, twenty home runs, sixty-five runs. Um, it's just not going to get it done. He's he's got like twenty runs in RBI. You got to make up for with Brent Rooker. Twenty runs in in RBI. You got to make up with Dalton Varsho. You know, looking at 75, 80 runs per per player. And I know you could just go to my pitching and say, well, dude, how many pitchers pitched hundred innings uh, last year? Uh, but again, there are limits. To Brent Rooker, I believe there are limits to Dalton Varsho. He is what he is. I don't see one guy that could pop. Okay, Lawler and, and Rafaela, Zach Neto. Okay, so the three guys there. I don't know that Gabriel Moreno and Cabert Ruiz are going to pop more than they did in the second half or, or last or last year. And then if you look at his, how many pitchers does he have that's better than me? I mean, he better have six, right? Pablo Lopez, obviously. George Kirby, yes. His closers are good. Chris Sales, the third pitcher. Imanaga or whatever. I've heard reports he's going to be a three or four. I like Emmett Sheehan, but he's not a starter right now. Seth Lugo is his sixth starting pitcher. Is is his sixth starting pitcher better than mine? Seth Lugo? Okay, Imanaga? let's see about that. So let's let's go through it. He's got one, two, three, four. Even if you count Sheehan as a pitch as a starting pitcher, he might not be in the rotation to start. I'm not. Well, he's not sure. now. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
And then Seth Lugo is his sixth pitcher, and John Means is your sixth pitcher. It's pretty close. Yeah, you're right. But but how about let's go to four and five then? Lugo, but like no, it's, that's good. That's a good thing for you because look how much capital you spent on hitting, and your your six versus his six. I'd say you're fine. Your well, five perhaps, versus his five. Taj Bradley my... versus Sheehan. I think you're on par. Like man, like. You you're you're three through six, or you sorry, you're four through six are Lodo sorry, Lodolo, Bradley, and Means. His are Amaganaga, Sheehan, and Lugo. I think that's pretty close. But then you start moving up the ranks. You got Sale versus McKenzie. Okay, I gotta uh, give him the edge there. Of course you, you give him the edge, but how many like when's the last time he had an ERA in the threes? <clears throat> Two years ago, the guy had a sub one whip. Tristan that might not be as far off as you think, but you don't have an anchor. That's the thing. So he's got Kirby and Lopez, and you have Pepio and Giolito. That's a massive, That there's your massive difference. So basically what it comes down to is you have a better offense, probably, if all these players hit, um, which I'm not saying they won't. Um, I don't on need paper, all my you, players. On paper, you have the better offense, but it's just like, and you got better closers. Um, just the the Kirby and Lopez versus Pepio and Giolito is huge. I have, I have better closers. And he has a CUNA, though. He's a Kuna. You, you made you made a four hundred dollar bet against the Acuna team, straight up, didn't you? No question, because he's one fourteenth of of his offense. And granted, he's like no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, um, but like, you know, I would be worried if he had Strider and, and Cole. Pablo Lopez had a one fifteen whip. That's very good. Three six five ERA. That's good. He had 234 strikeouts. That's a killer for me, right? Um, but in George Kirby, like, does he strike out? 104 whip. That's his thing. 335 ERA. Excellent. 172 strikeouts. And that's starting 31 games. Um, I would like to compare at the end uh, those two. And I don't think it's going to be a big uh Pablo Lopez and George Kirby versus, uh, let's say, Giolito and Pepio. Um, I think that difference, there's going to be a difference for sure. But I don't think it's going to be um, big enough to justify uh, foregoing everyday hitters to take, you know, a Pablo Lopez type and SP1 and SP2 at those spots. Um, I have better closers. Tristan McKenzie versus Chris Sale. Who's more, who's more injury prone? And honestly, put strikeouts aside, yes, Chris Sale, obviously, and wins. Who's the better – who wins in the other two categories? Uh, Toss-up. I, I, yeah. I think you can you can dream a scenario where Tristan McKenzie and Chris Sale aren't as far off as people are. I don't think you have to dream, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? I think we've uh, we've gone on. Appreciate your time, but we went on quite a while. Yeah, sorry. No, no, don't, I'm sorry. Um, but I, I like talking. I like talking to you. So um, I'm appreciative of you coming on. Anything else you want to talk touch on before we wrap it up? Um. Yeah. Anyone who's anything listening, just missed? just don't don't use my strategy. <laughs> go, go with the uh, go with your gut. I I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't, but I. I might have to in a year and uh, <laughs> Mike Trout is going to steal hundred uh, ten bases. Mike Trout, 10 bases. Okay. Just, just want to put I'm that pulling, out there again. I'm pulling for you, man. 
I want to, I want to see you do it. I want to see people copy this next year. I just, I just, I just, he's one of my guys because I think 75 is too low. That's all. But yeah, we'll see. It, it'll be fun. I'm, uh, I put a lot more into it already um, by this time, you know, February 2nd or whatever money and time into, uh, into it. And I'm going to end up putting more than I ever have into this year. So yeah, it'll be fun, but yeah. I wish you luck. I love the trash talk. I honestly do. That's why, that's why I want to talk to you. I love it. And uh, I'd love to track, I'd love to trash talk with you, but I don't know, it's just fun to have you on and we got to get some, we got to get you on again and get somebody on like that wants to actually fucking mix it up and, uh, and, and uh, give you some real trash talk on the air, but. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, I, I, when it comes to trash talk, believe it or not, I strictly, I just go to facts. If someone gives me an emotional opinion, I'm just going to ignore it and address their previous point. Like with, like that's my trash talk. It's not trash talk for trash talk's sake, like bravado. It's just, it's just, hey, look, look at, look at what we're, I'm talking about. I love it, man. I'll tag you when I when I publish this. But um, have a good night, and right. uh, we'll talk soon. Appreciate the time, man. All right. All right, you yeah. too. Peace out.